Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning is offered for informational purposes only. Before you make any major life changes, please seek the help of a professional or your physician before you do so. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. This podcast will teach you how to get healthy and remain that way naturally. Hello, this is Dr. Chris Banning at White House Chiropractic. Um, to this evening's podcast, I have a special guest. Her name is Brittany Beck. And Brittany is really involved in uh, the education process, uh, not just with our students, but also with our teachers. And is this in Sumner County, Brittany? Yes, sir. I'm an employee of the Sumner County Board of Ed. Yes. I got you. And could you give me uh, just a little background on yourself? Uh, Did you grow up in this area? Yeah, sir. I uh, grew up in Gullitsville, uh, went to Davidson Academy, Mm -hmm. graduated year 2000, got some scholarship monies, went up to Western Kentucky University, uh, had my major education English, graduated 2004, um, went back, got my master's in, uh, double master's in education and English. Wow. Yeah, and then I also have a uh, certificate from Lipscomb University for credentials for instructional coaching, so instructional coaching right yeah wow we, she just said a lot of stuff how many years of schooling do you have um total so eight but as much as a doctor eight. would have sure, absolutely sure. yeah um so did you know you wanted to do this when you went to college or did you just kind of Well, Uh, I knew that I was a natural teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, I taught every baby doll and teddy bear and child in the neighborhood. (laughs) Um, And no matter what their age, I would try to pull my mom in to be a student. So it was something that I always had a passion for. But more than that, um, I've just always had a servant's heart. So that's just something that the Lord had blessed me with was wanting to help others. And um, I just have a passion for people that do not have the support at home or in their environment and so i went in knowing i wanted to do education but i had no idea that i would end up um, teaching at the schools that i did so yeah this sounds like uh, this job that you have is tailor-made for you um so i just wanted to just go over some things um and just maybe um just talk about you know the psychology and behavior of learning with kids um so what do you think about reward systems for kids? Does that work? Or well, how do you structure that? Right. So I have a lot of experience in that, actually. Um, I taught in the most culturally diverse school in the state of Kentucky for 10 years. What does that mean, culturally diverse? So we had more languages and countries represented in our student body than any other school in the entire state of Kentucky. How many? Um, we had 38. At the time I was there, 38 different um, countries and like 56 different languages. So... Um, right. 56? In Bowling Green, Kentucky. Absolutely. Yeah. Was this near a college? Yeah. Was that near, so it's near right the... near, it's the um, high school that's closest to Western Kentucky University. Okay. Um, they have an international center, but also um, Bowling Green, people don't know, is a, is a refuge center. So when people from other countries apply for a silent ship um, mm-hmm. for civil war or to get out um, of their country for refugee status. Bowling Green is one of the six cities in the United States they can be sent to. I did not know that. Most people don't. <laughs> wow. Um, so 
the reward system there. Oh, that's what you asked. Yeah. So um, we did, because of the diversity um, at this particular school, um, we were running into a lot of discipline. Teachers and faculty, you know, principals were spending a lot of their time dealing with discipline, and that meant less time learning when kids were out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. So we um, researched and researched and adopted a program called PBIS, which is Positive Behavior Information Systems. And it's a reward-based program, mm-hmm. um, and it's rewarding the good and negating the bad. So you would reward the students in class that were behaving and more or less ignore um, the ones that were misbehaving. Um, And then there's a system. We have rules for everything, even walking in the hallway. There's posters. Students get rewards um, through teachers, and then they get put into a drawing, and we drew all kinds of things. All that to be said that our discipline decreased almost half within the first two years of the program. And Mm -hmm. I was able to travel around the country as the coaching instructional coach uh for that system and um speak at conferences so it was a really neat wow that's really nice i like that so it works so does it work i think it works i think when you reward students for what they actually are doing right Mm -hmm. um it really picks up the kids that aren't making the right choices wait a minute i want to be rewarded um Mm -hmm. and we just found a lot of success with it Mm mm-hmm that's awesome. You know, I find uh, myself still, uh, you know, if you're going to do something, as far as your brain goes, there has to be a reward there. Oh, I agree. And if you were raised in a home or if you went to school and you really didn't perceive rewards for good behavior, there's really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, there's a lot of people that will, and even adults, that will seek pleasure and try to um, somehow give themselves pleasure either by buying things mm-hmm. or by you know getting eating clothes, things eating th- I, i've been there <laughs> yeah um i've been good all week and now i'm uh-huh. gonna i'm gonna splurge on a friday yeah that's right yes i'm looking forward to that too um, i think aaron's already done that <laughs> haven't you My yeah. Shot. <laughs> yeah um but but this this book it's called the hacking of the american brain is written by a neurologist and uh, he talks about seeking pleasure in addictive behavior and how oh, yeah. so many people get caught up in that absolutely versus the people that do good deeds. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is say you can go to a restaurant and eat a lot, or you can go to a restaurant and think about a relationship that you're going to work on with with somebody that you go eat with. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's going to be more feel good. That's going to last longer, give you more contentment. So I was just I thought I'd throw that out there as far mm-hmm. as teaching kids that there are rewards. Well, and I think and it comes from so. their environment. So if you are not raised in an environment where intrinsic motivation is a thing, so mm-hmm. where I'm going to do good because I just want to do good, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, we have such a mixture of kids in our schools, our public school systems, that some kids have never been told good job uh you know and some kids i mean i've had seniors that had never been told i love you by parent have you ever had a kid when you told them good job or i love you that they just started to cry absolutely men well grown boys 17 18 year old boys um and i used to say before my students when i was in the classroom i was in the classroom for 12 years before i took on an administrative role but um i would say um be safe and make good choices um, and I love you. And that's something that a lot of them took, you know, to heart because they'd never, they'd never been told that. <laughs> you know, that is so powerful. The word love is amazing. It, mm-hmm. it, it just crosses all boundaries, yeah. especially if they know it's coming from your heart and you're mm-hmm. not just saying it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow, that is cool. And, you know, 
also it's so much easier to learn in an environment where there's love there's acceptance mm-hmm. and there's responsibility yep. you know so there's awesome. consequences to to poor behavior as well but to know that you're appreciated and loved for the things you do right over the negative uh is powerful mm-hmm. yeah um so what about aptitude tests to help students understand their skills? Do you ever do anything like that? Yeah, so um, that's pretty big, I would say, now to try to push kids to really figure out what are you good at, not what do you want to do, because mm-hmm. we can want to do a lot of things that we aren't necessarily successful at, or vice versa. Um, and so in ninth grade, um, they are given a skills assessment, and fairly certain, I'm not as familiar with middle school, but fairly certain they get some type of this in middle school, but I know ninth grade, they do a skills assessment, a career skills assessment, and it essentially puts them in categories and groups. This is the type of things you would be good at because this is what you're interested in. Uh, And then we allow the military to come in and do what's called an ASVAB test. Um, And it also categorizes your strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I took it as a junior, I had 100% on the engineering um, questions. And I was like, what? Because I didn't know I was good at that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like problem solving. So yeah, so there's something to be said about helping kids figure out what skills do I have in order to turn into success? Right. You know, I sometimes think maybe I'm not correct in this, but I sometimes think that there's so many people out there that have these jobs that they just don't like. Mm -hmm. And what a horrible experience to to work 40 hours a week or in plus in, in something you don't like. And so I think it's critical to find skills. I think you're going to be a lot healthier if if you're doing a job that you like, that you're talented in. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because you can, I think people joke a lot of times, um, I've been told to my face, you're smarter than being a teacher. Um, And so that always bugs me because I'm not paid a lot of money, even in an administrative role, but I love what I do. And so it makes it worth it to me. Um, And and I was just fortunate enough to have my skills line up with what I love. So. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm sure you could find a job outside of, you know, oh, what yeah. you're doing right now. Absolutely. That wouldn't be yeah. hard at all. No, but I don't know that I would love it as much. Be right. as rewarding. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hey, you got an, uh, an opportunity to impact lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when, that, when you tell that big old, you know, teenage boy that, yep. uh, you know, I love you and he starts to yeah. tear up. That's that's pretty powerful. It is. It really is. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I'd like to just talk about some of the challenges that you run into. You know, obviously, you know, it seems like there's a lot more children with challenges, mental yeah. challenges, mm-hmm. um, behavioral challenges, things like that. And uh, I'll, I'll give you like learning disabilities, auditory receptive disorders, mm-hmm. um, processing disorders, yeah. difficulty focusing. And I will say this, and I already told you this before we met. Um, I have a huge respect for teachers. Mm-hmm. I kind of get scared of principals because I spend a lot of time in principals' <laughs> offices. Um, Most of them are big softies. Yes, they are. They mm-hmm. really are. Um, but I was a daydreamer, and I've looked it up on Google. I'm trying to figure out how that translates into today's um, psychological, cognitive, behavioral disorders. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I actually... Um, my parents actually put me on a couple of medications, mm-hmm. and I got really mean. Yep, side uh, effects. Real sure. mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was able to talk it out with uh, a psychologist quite a bit, and uh, I think that helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> to me today, my biggest concern is it seems like um, people are ready 
to give these children medications. Now, the flip side of this is I know there are some kids that are very difficult to control. Mm -hmm. So how, I mean, just based on what we just talked about, some of those talking points, can you give me an idea of what you guys are encountering, what you're having success with, and what your your biggest challenge is? Sure. Um, More and more as the years have been on, so I have, um, I guess this is my 16th year um, in education, and from day one, year one, um, to today, the increase of diagnoses of ADHD, of autism, of language impairments, of speech impairments, of reading comprehension issues, of problem-solving cognitive disabilities are increasing and increasing and increasing. And um, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not a researcher, um, but I think a lot of it is the um, technology uh, and the negative stimulation that comes from that a lot of that there are some kids that absolutely need to be medicated but i think we have a lot of doctors that are over prescribing at too early of an age um, and then therefore the child is is young diagnosed on medication and for the rest of their life um, they have yet to learn how to deal with their disability without medication um, how it's being dealt with in schools we have social groups social skills groups for certain kids that have individual learning plans um, we have specific classrooms for kids that are um, do have behavior issues as far as like um, being angry and those types of things um, they do have separate instruction um, there is actually even a diagnosis now called ed which is called emotional disturbance and these are being diagnosed as early as you know elementary school um and it's all behavioral thing and i feel like that and this may sound silly um but some of the toughest kids in my career really just needed love and they needed to be told that they could be somebody and they were somebody um and it it does wonders it seems so simple uh you know but it really is i totally agree with you on it i have a i have a child well i have a he's a young man now that has a has a disability, has a receptive disorder. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he did great until he went through puberty. And so puberty is a time, I think, where the hormones are going. Mm -hmm. And then you're you're looking at yourself seeing, well, how do I measure up to these other people? And you think, well, in your head, you're thinking, well, gosh, um, I don't have that. And then that very person that you're admiring is thinking the same exact thing, you know. And so it's an interesting um, thing what we find with with kiddos with learning disabilities. Um, so I do a lot of data analysis. My kiddos with learning disabilities are usually on my behavior list. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I when I compare a uh, for we call them frequent flyers in the education world. Uh, so kids that are consistently being written up or going to the principal's office and that type of thing. When I investigate um, into this situation, why is this kid acting like this? I will tell you, I would say I might even go as far as 90, but definitely 75 percent of those kids have some type of learning disability or diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So they are compensating uh, with behavior right? Um, or with their actions. Um, I'm going to be cool because I have a reading cognitive problem or I'm going to act out in class because I really don't know how to read and I'm a sophomore in high school or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So we find that those two really go hand in hand and that's unfortunate, but that's what we're dealing with in today's educational realm. Yeah. Um, so, 
You know, as far as uh, coming here, I know you came in here uh, as a patient, and uh, it's been a pleasure taking care of you. But um, what I like people to know is that chiropractic is for more than just sore backs and necks. Um, And so a lot of these kids, I, I call it sensory motor integration. It's integrating your what you hear, what you see, what you smell, what you touch with your behavior, which would be your actions. Mm-hmm. And um, that integration takes place when, in, in a more of an appropriate manner when you have a nervous system that's properly working. And so we share with our patients how the brain um, has a three-dimensional uh, GPS of the body. And uh, the body um, communicates with the brain. And so everything that the brain receives in its environment is, uh, is sensory in nature. And so learning mm-hmm. <laughs> is a huge um, receptive uh, behavior, but it's also a, a huge uh, responsive behavior, too. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so chiropractic care can reduce stress on people. Um, mm-hmm. When people are stressed, they don't learn. Um, just like you said, um, they're kind of in a fight or flight kind of a mentality. Constant, being protecting. in that constant state of stress, and I can just speak from experience, just... When I'm stressed and I'm going through things at work, everything tightens. And so everything's mm-hmm. off. I mean, like I told you a little bit ago before we started, um, you've been adjusting me for, I guess, about a month or so. And I haven't had a migraine since you began adjusting me because things are more in line. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping better. I'm breathing better. I'm, You know, all these things are in line because if physical aspect is, you know, our spine <laughs> connects right to that brain. And I think that... Um, Kids aren't thinking about that when they're in a constant state of stress, of anxiety, mm-hmm. of fear. It's affecting their entire being, not to mention they're not being fed properly or feeding themselves properly. Um, they're, they're dehydrated. I mean, all these things, you know, you have a kid sitting in class at 8 a.m. eating a bag of hot Cheetos and drinking a Dr. Pepper. Oh my goodness. And then they got two hours of sleep the night before and they're slouched in their seat and they're looking over their phone. How are you going to be receptive to learning when this is what you're doing every single day? They, they don't understand that it all connects, you know? You got a job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And some of them eat hot Cheetos with nothing to drink. Mm. Just saying. <laughs> mm, my goodness. So, well, you know, and you see that and, you know, you look at also it all the adults that just aren't very healthy as well oh yeah you know and uh, it goes from childhood to you know college and you know and i remember i'm um, going through college and i'm sure you do too i didn't have the best lifestyle in the world mm-hmm. i worked mm-hmm. i studied i ate in some of my blow-off classes you know like uh like philosophy and stuff. I shouldn't say philosophy. That's right. important. But we would go to the pancake house and we would study the night before the test and we would cram it. We would eat pancakes. Sure. You know, and, and then about, you'd lose it the second you took the test. Yeah. We, we yeah. about three or four o'clock, you know, we, we go back and get about an hour of sleep or two hours and we take the test. Yep. And I, I look back on those days and I'm like, I'm paying for it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, this next generation, I don't think uh, is going to be near as healthy scary no is the previous generation mm-hmm. and um, absolutely not it's just scary because we have so many kids that have diabetes oh, they have high blood pressure high um, cholesterol yep they have uh, mm-hmm. cirrhosis of the liver at an early age mm-hmm. and they just don't have a chance so anyhow that might be a good uh, thing where they could start teaching health now something else too 
And we did talk about the inflammatory lifestyle. You yeah. kind of did before we did the talk. And we talk about that in our podcast as well. But the sedentary lifestyle, yes. if a kid is not getting exercise, if he's not getting out in the sunshine, yep. and we have these flu epidemics, why? Yeah, because of what around. you just told me. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking a Dr. Pepper. I hope the Dr. Pepper wasn't bought in a school machine. Oh, well, and they have a rule against that. As well, I know in Tennessee they do. You cannot... Um, purchase from a vending machine until after all lunches are over so most vending machines do not turn on until 120 and that's when most that's federal law i'm fairly certain um that doesn't mean that that happens continuously but they they stop by the minute mart on the way to school yeah um and so you know we got these kids that are just living this inflammatory lifestyle at a young age Mm. i don't know do they have recess that was what I, when you mentioned that, I kind of, it's a soft, I mean, a hard you know, spot for me to talk about because I have a, one of my children, my youngest, um, he's never been formally diagnosed for ADHD because I refuse it. Um, mm-hmm. I understand that some people, you know, don't and need that, but I just refuse it. Um, he doesn't like school. He doesn't enjoy school. Okay. So what he enjoys doing is what he wants to do. And he's very active. Um, he doesn't there are days now in middle school that he doesn't even they don't exercise at all they get one nine weeks of pe they have what's called walking time at this particular school but kids can stand so it's not a forced activity so there are he doesn't have pe until the last quarter so from spring break till we get out of school that's the only time during the school year that he will receive actual physical activity for 90 minutes who makes up these rules where Pe- do they come from people that don't have kids i guess i don't know it um, makes no sense it's, you know, it's 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 a doomsday i mean i feel like I, sometimes and i don't know lawmakers congressmen senators you know higher up than that they aren't I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn necessarily but it's like I don't feel like they're educators that are making these laws and these rules we're focusing on the wrong things you know I really agree with you I agree with you on nutrition Mm -hmm. we have uh, legislators we have politicians and big business making decisions on nutrition Um, we have them doing that with health care and just everything And, and it's education and it's it gets really frustrating, and so I imagine that's a pretty tough challenge for you. Yeah, it yeah. sure is. Because you have, I mean, you think about in high school, too, they have to have um, a semester of wellness. That's it. So you could technically go be a freshman, have wellness your first semester, and go three and a half years with no other physical activity in your day. Mm. Wow. It's scary. You know, But I can remember, you know... Gosh, back way back in the seventies, man, we loved recess. Yeah, you'd have we. Were, I, I went to school in Michigan, so mm-hmm. you'd have six, eight, ten inches of snow. Man, we'd go <laughs> out there. We'd have snowball fights. I remember one time I was chasing somebody, and his foot slipped and kicked my tooth out. Oh, fun. I just kept going and playing. <laughs> and uh, now you'd be out for two weeks. Well, I got a little souvenir. I got a little root canal from that, oh, but. But uh, no, we just we just played kill the guy with a stick. Uh, we played <laughs> all. Jeez, I'm glad I wasn't in Michigan. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but that that's the, the, the creativity and, and going back to the technology piece of, um, you know, social media, internet, and these types of things. Kids aren't creative anymore, and so what we're running into is we even, 
you know, we're, we have a society where we hand a child at, as, at their earliest age, you know, a, a tablet, a phone, a smart device, and then we get all mad when they aren't creative and they can't draw and they can't play pretend with baby dolls and, and teddy bears and cars because they're too busy looking at a screen. So it, it all just stems back from their environment. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, you are such a fast talker. <laughs> And you cover so much territory here. Yeah. I guess you don't have a choice. That's just how you are. Now, do you work Monday through Friday? I do. You yes. Do? Okay. So I, um, this particular job, my job title is a lead educator um, and instructional coach. And so we run the same schedules uh, as administrators, except for we only work two additional weeks instead of the whole summer. So basically, I get give or take a month off in summer instead of six, eight weeks. I see. So, yeah. Wow. Well, we have sure covered a lot of very good uh, ground here. Um, is there anything that you'd like to add or say? Or is there anything that you're passionate about that you're working on right now? Well, that's, um, a, that's a really loaded question. I think uh, I think now when I'm, a, I'm thinking of particular group of teachers that I'm working at that one, at one of our Sumner County schools, um, and we're working on um, – to improve their strengths and relationships with their students. Um, okay. And so that's going to improve our learning environment and increase our test scores when students know that their teacher cares about who they are as a human being. And so I'm working on um, the coaching aspect of, of helping my teachers develop those relationships and what that looks like and what it should look like. Wow, what an asset you are. Now, um, what could parents do? I mean... Do you find that most parents are pretty active in their children's uh, lives, or do you find that they don't necessarily know how to, but they really care? Mm-hmm. Or wouldn't it be nice to have a class for parents it that would. you could? Well, not not something that you could teach. You don't. You've got enough on your plate. But I mean, <laughs> how can you better interact with your teacher, right, and your um, child? I feel like that it is so geared, um, and actually had a, in, a situation with this the other day, but it's so geared toward technology-based, meaning check your kids' grades online. Oh. Check your teacher's comments online. Um, my son has a teacher that sends home his homework, pictures of his homework, and what the homework assignment is every single night via a text te- text message type app. Um and so our parents involved, sure, but I wouldn't know it because everything is online. Um, and so what we find is the kids that we really want their parents to be active and involved aren't. Um, you know, you have your pockets. You really do. But we, we lose them in high school. Um, we have hover parents are in middle school still. And then usually around ninth grade, uh, the parent participation drops off mm-hmm. drastically. Um, and so the less involved parents are in their life the less the student cares because mom and dad don't care. So, I see. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you my personal experience with Facebook. <laughs> I think and I focus and get so much more done when I don't even look at Facebook. Oh, and yeah. I, I, I took myself <laughs> off of Facebook mm-hmm. and, and I had people like, what are you doing? I'm yeah. where are you at? And I'm like, and I got myself back on Facebook and it's like, 
I probably need to get off of Facebook. It, there's so many distractions. And these notifications that come it's up, they distract yeah. you. You can't focus. No. And so. Because you want to check them. I mean, and that's our human nature to want to. It's a reward. To, it's a pleasure center is what it's know, doing. And you I use that. So when I'm working, I'm working on data, you know, analysis, or I'm doing teacher evaluation forms or whatever it is. Um, I literally will say, okay, if I get three of these done, then I'll put 10 minutes on Facebook. <laughs> like, I don't, And so we do it, even yeah. though we know it's bad. Um, I've done that as well. There's, I went on a mission trip and came back and there was there wasn't technology over there much less that we didn't even have clean running water and whatever and i came back and and got off for about five months Mm -hmm. um and people were astonished because i am a i mean i post constantly I, i do a lot of shares of things that i feel passionate about and they were shocked and i said here's a whole group of a whole country of people that are doing just fine in their minds because they don't know any different Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of a fear of missing out you know Mm -hmm. yeah um i'm I'm wanting to just wrap this up but there's one other thing that i'd like to share uh with the listeners is and we talk about uh, reward systems we talk about uh, behavior there's a saying in neurology that says the the nerves that fire together wire together Mm. okay and so uh there's a guy named dr amen um (laughs) who does pictures maps of the brain and he will compare uh the brain of a cocaine addict with the brain of somebody that uh has behavioral disorders or has receptive disorders or plays games yep and there are it's a three-dimensional map and there will be just big grooves and ridges where this person has this typical this behavior well facebook mm-hmm. um just like what we've been talking about um it's a it's a response it's just learned and it's like pavlov's dog they keep going after yep. it and they get a little miniature reward it does not create any happiness it creates pleasure 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 and so um i i, I guess uh you know what is it the pain of of uh discipline is better than the pain of regret yeah it just hold off on pleasure instead of the instant gratification and in our educational schools just and you'll be a better person just do the take what it take what you need to do to learn um and i know it's hard for kids to 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 take that but uh you have to as a teacher you have a role of just you know you may not be able to always say i can't win them all but i'm going to win one um and i always tried to make my my classroom an environment where they felt loved and they were safe and they knew that they could achieve and not only could they but we were going to the mm-hmm. higher the expectations um i think for each individual teacher uh the better off their students are mm-hmm. well very good um this has been a very uh learning experience for me <laughs> i'm gonna have to listen to this thing in bits and pieces <laughs> Um, Take it all in. A lot of great information here, uh, Brittany. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, so what I would like to do is just thank the listeners for, for listening. This is Dr. Banning. Um, I hope you found this podcast uh, very beneficial. Um, are there any numbers or contacts that uh, we can uh tell the listeners about like any special services or anything or well i would say if you were i mean each individual school has their own um different intervention type resources that they offer depending upon the level so elementary middle and high school i know in high school um we have something called the stars program Mm -hmm. um for kids that uh, may be struggling or if you know of someone or your child is struggling with um any of these things that we've talked about the you know the emotional aspects um 
even just downright to their social environment if you're mm-hmm. concerned. So um, that's what's available. That's one of the things that's available in, in um, our high schools. But um, first and foremost, we have counselors in all of our schools. And so um, that teachers have the option to go talk to as well. So um, I think seeking out those resources and, and be an active parent. If you see something, say something. And so we tell our students that if you see a concern in your child, ask their teacher. Um, don't, you know, emailing is great. Calling is great. But set up an appointment and talk to them because I don't think I don't think much beats face to face conversation about your concerns, because then you can see, hear, feel um you know those those feelings and, and knowing the concern of the parents so um seek out you know your counselors and you know if you have a concern about your kid just call their counselor uh, okay and we can get them the help they need awesome very good uh so you know listeners if you uh you know somebody um that that's, that's having some challenges with their children uh i hope this podcast has helped you tremendously this is dr chris banning at white house chiropractic uh thank you and have a good evening